I don't know if you can tell, but I am pretty excited today. But a guy like me, for a preacher, Easter Sunday, it doesn't get any better than that. Right, because today I get to tell you the greatest news ever that there's an empty tomb and Jesus is alive. And we get to talk about everything that means for you now, but also for eternity. And so I'm pretty pumped. Now that, that's in part of the reason why I'm so excited, but, but I'm excited this morning for another reason too. I'm excited because I don't know if everybody here knows this, but this is our first Easter in this building. By September 2019, we dedicated this beautiful place to God's glory to proclaim the gospel to Jacksonville and beyond. And we were getting ready to, we did Christmas here, and then we were getting ready to do Easter for the first time here. And then something, little thing, you probably heard of it, called COVID hit. And so we celebrated, we worshiped. I was here, but I was here alone. I was here staring at a camera, talking to many of you, telling you about Easter. The joy was still there, but, but we weren't here in person. And so I am excited that we're finally here because Easter at this building has been a long time coming for us. Amen? Right? How about you? Are you excited about today? Are you excited to be here? When your alarm went, eh, 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 were you like, yay, I get to get up? Maybe some of you are. Yeah, me either. I got up before my alarm, Cleveland. Mm -hmm. uh, were you excited that, that you had to think about wrestling younger kids, many of you, and, and getting them into a, a car and then driving, some of you 15, 20 minutes, some of you up to an hour just to be here today? Maybe some of you were excited because, because you knew some of the songs we were singing and you were excited for, for a powerful message about the resurrection. Maybe some of you, as you walk through, you're excited because we haven't done that in a long time either, but there's a bunch of snacks and everything that we're going to serve to you in a little bit. Now I got you all thinking food, right? Maybe some of you are excited because after you leave here today, you're, you're going you're gonna to get to see some family or some friends. You're going to have a special meal together, maybe an Easter dinner with all the fixings. Some of you are going are gonna to pull up FaceTime and you're going to talk to maybe grandma or grandpa who live half a country away. And so you're excited about those things. Right? Are you excited? Yeah. Good, I'm glad some of you are. Even though we're excited, I also realize this. I guarantee you there's some of you here today or some of you watching online that maybe aren't so pumped. Yeah, it's Easter, but you're just not feeling it. Maybe today you've already had a heck of a day. Maybe it was wrestling those kids and it was a, a train wreck of a morning. Maybe it was that hard-headed, stubborn spouse that you had to deal with and get them going. But you're here and you wish you could just slip back under the covers for a couple more hours of sleep. Maybe some of you, you're here, but, but you're not super excited because it wasn't just a rough morning. It's been a rough week or two or month or maybe even year whether we're talking COVID in the bigger picture or your own personal lives. And so you're not so excited about today. You're trying, but you're just not feeling it. Maybe some of you are here. You're not excited because you're worried about finances. You're stressing about an upcoming PCS. 
Some of you I even know have had to go to hospitals and, and watch loved ones die. Maybe some of you, you're here, but, but you're not as pumped as, as you want to be. And some of you, maybe you're here and you're not excited at all. You're just here because it's going to make grandma happy. Maybe some of you are here because mom and dad said so, or a boyfriend or girlfriend said, well, I'm going, and if you want to sit with me and be with me this morning, I'm going to be at church. All right, I'll go. I guarantee there's all kinds of reasons and emotions going on amongst all of you, whether you're here or watching online. But either way, I'm glad you're here. However you walk through the doors, however you logged in this morning, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, I am super excited that you're here because God wants to speak an Easter message into your heart today that will change you. And in order for us to do that, we're going to turn to that gospel reading that we read just a few minutes ago from Luke chapter 24. And we're going to consider the events of that first Easter as Luke records them in his book. Now, I don't know about you, but as I was reading through those words this past week, and even again this morning, not necessarily all that impressive, right? Did you catch that? Those words weren't super exciting. I mean, if you were writing for Hollywood and you handed in that kind of script to say this is going to be about a resurrection, they'd look at you and throw it back in your face and say, get lost, right? Think about it. There's no Jesus flying up off the cold slab alive again. There's no Jesus opening his eyes in dramatic fashion and, and air filling his lungs and then he goes with just his little pinky and moves that rock and walks right out. None of that. You don't see it there, do you? In fact, in the verses we read, he doesn't even mention the name Jesus, really. Jesus is not even in the scene yet. He's going to be, but he's not. In fact, the only people that Luke brings up in act number one of the resurrection in his book, all of them are a hot mess. All of them are riddled with doubt and fear. They're scared, they're uncertain, and they don't know what to make of this empty tomb. All of them. Did you catch that? Think about the women. Right, those women in all the different gospels mention some of the names like Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, not Mary, Jesus' mom, she wasn't there. Uh, Johanna, some of them mention Salome, right? All these women, they made plans to meet up on that first Easter morning. Okay? Right, and you can just imagine them, right? They're going to each other's houses. Mary, it's almost 5.30, let's go. We said we'd get there by sunup. Let's, let's, let's go. Do you got your stuff? Yeah, 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 I'm coming. Just, just let me grab my cup of coffee. I'll be there in a second. They go to the next house. Joanna. Joanna. Hurry up. Don't, don't, don't wake up the husband and kids. C come on, let's go. We're going to the tomb. M Mary and Mary and, and Salome are with me. Let's go. All right. Give me two minutes. I'll be out in a second. And so these women, they, they gather up. They got their, their goods, their spices, and all the stuff that they wanted to bring, and they set off. Now, we have to understand something here, because we live in a post-Easter world, right? We can look back, and we know that Jesus is alive. They lived in an Easter Sunday that was ongoing. They had no idea, because you know what they were going to do? They were going to give Jesus a proper burial. 
None of these ladies were getting up at the crack of dawn to cook cinnamon rolls and and, and to, to get dressed up and get their families ready to go to an Easter service. Not a single one. They are going to a cemetery. They are going with sad and heavy hearts to bury Jesus in a proper fashion. Because if you remember on Good Friday, he's taken down very quickly, put in the tomb fast, because from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, God's Old Testament law said, that's the Sabbath, you're not going to do any of this kind of stuff. And so they all agree, first thing, Sunday morning, we're going to give Jesus a proper burial. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to anoint his body and do all the things that back then they did to show love and reverence and respect for the dead. And then, when they were all done with that, they were going to say their goodbyes. One last time to see Jesus, one last time to say goodbye to their teacher and their friend who is no longer with them. When those women went to the tomb that first Easter morning, they were fully expecting to find a dead Jesus. The other characters in Luke's account don't fare a whole lot better, right? After the women see what happens, they talk to the angel, they go back and they tell Jesus' disciples, especially the 11. Those were the hand-picked chosen ones by Jesus like three years ago. And this is their response to the ladies. They did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Jesus' closest friends, his band of brothers who walked and talked to them for three years, when the women said, hey, he's alive, they said, get out of here. It was almost as if the women showed up and said, hey, we saw a UFO, Sasquatch, and Bigfoot all on the same day. Jesus is alive. And they're like, nope. Even Peter, right? you know Peter. If you've heard about any of the disciples, you know Peter. Peter was the bold one, the one that always spoke up, Jesus, I got your back, man. I'll even die if I have to. Peter, he goes to the tomb, he, he investigates, and then we're told that he walks away too, trying to figure out what had happened. Why this reaction? Out of all the people in the Easter story, these guys, these ladies, should have been the first to know. They should have been there Easter Sunday with lawn chairs, with their goodies, just waiting because they know he's coming out, right? Because Jesus told them. Jesus again and again said, okay, guys, listen. We're going to Jerusalem. I'm going to get arrested. I'm going to beat up. Betrayed, put on trial, condemned to death. They're going to crucify me and I'm going to die. Okay, are you listening? I'm going to die. But I'm going to come back to life three days later. Jesus told them again and again and again exactly what would happen. And they still didn't believe it. They still doubted. I mean, how could they not know after Jesus gave them all the facts? How could their hearts be so blinded, so ignorant to the reality that Jesus said? How could ours? 
Right? Isn't that just what the human heart does? Right? We might know the knowledge here oftentimes. We know the words. We know how it's going to play out. But, but we don't always have it planted here. Right? For instance, Jesus says, I will be with you always. I'll never leave you. I'll never abandon you. And that sounds great when you're excited, happy on Easter morning, but then real life hits you like a freight train and you're looking around and you're like, Jesus, where are you? Because it doesn't feel like you're with me. Or Jesus says, I will work out everything, not just some of it, not just part of your life, not just these issues, but every thing you face, I will work it out for your good. And then you start to think, well, how can that issue at work? I'm struggling with an issue at work. How is that for my good, Jesus? Well, you know what? We're, we're moving in a couple months, and, and i got to rip my kids out of a school and, and places they know and friends they love and move to a new place. We don't know anybody. How is that going to be for my good? Or Jesus, we're, we're kind of struggling financially. How is that for my good? Or you know what? This health issue just won't let up, and the pain, it hurts. How is this for my good? Or that problem in that relationship? Man, me and my wife, we haven't been seeing eye to eye. Me and my kids have been butting heads. How is that going to be for my good, Jesus? Or Jesus says, I love you. I've forgiven you. And then there's times we're so overcome with the guilt of our own sins. We're like, I don't know, man. Maybe he, he forgives that person or he forgives me up to a point, but doesn't he know what I did at that moment in time? Or maybe you find yourself in a hospital room holding the hand of a loved one as they unplug all the machines and they slowly start drifting away into death. Or you're standing at the grave of a grandparent or a parent or a friend or maybe even a child and they're throwing dirt on that casket and Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life, but at that moment in time, You're not so sure. Friends, just like the disciples, sometimes we too forget, right? Sometimes we have it here, but it, but it hasn't moved down here yet, planted in our heart. Not, not yet, not fully. It's the reason why we can look at the things in this world like COVID and wars and politics and all the chaos and crime and, and stress out and worry and freak out as if God's not in control anymore. It's why we can look at issues in our own life and get scared and get worried as if those problems are too big for him. That's why sometimes I can just completely come undone as I look at things going on in my own life and, and stress and freak out as if God says, I won't handle that for you. Come on. It's why I can come undone when I think of things like my own kids. right? And I think about the length of life and how they're getting older and how if I don't spend some more time with them, I might not have next week because we're not promised. That's why I can come completely undone when I think of someone like my wife and losing her, even though she's perfectly healthy. Nothing's wrong with her right now. It's why we all can easily start to think that death is a part of life. Death of a relationship, death of finances, death of sanity, death, actual physical death. 
Right? And just like the disciples, just like those, those women, our hearts are so consumed with these things, so gripped with that fear, that all we do is we expect to find death. Well, that's why I'm glad you're here, because you know what Jesus wants to do for you today? Jesus wants to take this resurrection truth that you know here, and he wants to bring it right here, so that it's trust and faith in him. He wants you to know the truth of the resurrection and what that means for your life without a shadow of a doubt. And so this morning, Jesus is going to come at you. He's going to use a crowbar, a sledgehammer, whatever it takes, a jackhammer, and he's going to smash into your heart to soften it up so that he can wedge in and stuff in some good gospel truth that he lifts. Because he wants you to know. Not just here, but here. Not just when you're sitting here on a Sunday, but when you're faced with life's troubles out there, that because he lives, it changes everything for you. He did it for the ladies that first Easter morning. Did you see how? Right? This is what the angel said to the ladies. He is not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then... They, the women, remembered Jesus' words. You know what did it for them? When they remembered what Jesus had already told them. That's when it clicked. Right, do you know one of the most used words in all of Scripture is? It's the word remember. You want to know why? At least this is my theory is because God knows that you and I so easily forget. So he's constantly reminding us that he loves us, that he died for us, that he forgave us, that he saved us, that he rose from the dead just like he said he would. And so when those ladies were reminded of Jesus' words, it was like, boom, yeah, that's right, he did say this, he, he's alive! And the same true is true for us. What is it that's going to get you to know and believe in the resurrection truth? What is it that's going to get you and give you more peace and joy and comfort than you could ever have? Because you've got to know this, right? Joy is not contingent upon your circumstances. It's, it's contingent on the promises and reality of a crucified and risen Savior. That means you can have joy even if life stinks. You can have joy even if everything's falling apart around you because you know who you are and you know where you're going. And you know what's going to help you to know that? remembering what Jesus said, right? Because here's what happened, right? The angels reminded the women. The women were like, oh yeah, he's alive. The women went and told the disciples. And at first, they didn't remember. They were hard-headed, right? Must be a guy thing. <laughs> but eventually it clicks, and they know Jesus is alive too. And what did all those apostles and disciples do? They went out from town to town to town and told everybody Jesus is alive. And then those people told others. And then those people told those people, and, and those people told, and you get the point, until somebody told you. Somebody told me that Jesus is the Savior, that he died, and he is alive, and everything that means for us. Somebody told us. Because you know what? Just like the ladies, just like the disciples, you and I, everybody, we all need an Easter messenger. Even preachers do. 
We all need somebody to tell and remind us the good news that Jesus lives. And that's what I get to do today for you. That's why I said at the beginning, I am so excited, I'm so pumped. There's no other day on the calendar that I'm excited and, and, and grateful to be a pastor than today. There's some days I'm just like you. I'm not excited to walk in here. I struggle with things. I doubt, just like y'all. But today, oh, I'm so glad that I get to be your Easter messenger. I get to tell you that Jesus lives. I get to tell you everything went according to plan. There was no hiccup. God did it. He carried it out. The beatings, the betrayal, the crucifixion, even the death, it was all for you. And now you're forgiven. You're a free people. You are children of God through faith in Christ who died for you. And he didn't just stay dead, he rose. Because if he stayed dead, we heard Paul say that earlier, it wouldn't have mattered. But because he's alive, because he lives, it changes everything for you. In this life and in death. Because someday, death will come for you. And all those you love. In fact, some of you it already has, and you know that, and it hurts. But on that day, Jesus will call you out of your tomb. And he will give you more peace, more joy, more comfort, more excitement than you could ever imagine. <laughs> As he brings you into heaven with him. Right? Because Jesus already went through the valley of the shadow of death and came out alive on the other side, he says you will too. And on that day, you will enjoy that eternal banquet that he has won for you. On that day, you'll never have to hear, Grandpa's not going to get better. You'll never hear the words, I hate you. You'll never have fights with your spouse. You'll never have to go to a hospital room. You'll never have to plan a funeral ever again. ICU units, gone. <laughs> Clinics, because people get sick, gone. People like Dr. Picorni, you're going to be out of a job because no one's going to get sick and die. And guess what, buddy? I'm going to be out of a job too because we're going to be with Jesus. There'll be no more gospel proclamations because the one proclaiming the gospel will be the gospel himself. It'll be Christ. And you will see him face to face. And it's going to be awesome. That is the message of Easter. That is a message of hope and certainty that is yours because Christ is alive. And because he lives, you too will live. That is a message I pray that you remember. And not just remember, you can't keep it to yourself. You have to tell others, just like somebody told you. Tell them that Jesus died and rose for them. Because it is the greatest message ever. For he is risen. We're going to do that one more time. And this time, this time, I want you to say, say it so loud that even the gates of hell are shaken and Satan hears God's victorious people shout their victory cry. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.